deeper work in my life and in our lives together. And so, Lord, uh, let your Holy Spirit work among us now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, guys, uh, I've been getting together with the youth every once in a while. Shane's been helping out some. We're still looking for a youth pastor, so if you know anybody in the community who has a heart for youth and would be a good youth pastor, uh, please let us know. We would love to kind of pursue different folks. We, we may have one candidate that we're hoping might work, but be in prayer for that. Um, but as I was with the youth this Wednesday, we've been looking together, or they've been looking at the, Apost the Apostles' Creed and breaking it down, and they're looking at the section this last Wednesday of the judge, Jesus, the judge of the living and the dead. Jesus, the judge of the living and the dead. And so in light of that, one of the questions I asked them right out of the gate is, have you ever noticed in your life that in this world things don't always go very fair? There is a sense of just random unfairness in this world. You know, is it fair that we've got brothers and sisters in faith who have been captured in Haiti now for over 70 days, some of them with children? Why in a fair world would something like that ever happen to people who are trying to do good, who are trying to love, who are trying to help the country take steps to be better? And also this week up in Michigan, why would a young man be so angry and so bitter to take his gun and go to school and kill four of his classmates? It doesn't make sense. And as we look at the news, as we look at everything going on around us, it can be easy to think, man, our world, though most of the time is okay, but sometimes it's just a mess. And it's not fair. Even in our own family, uh, you know, we've got four great kids and, and our three girls, uh, they've had unfair challenges. Th all three of them have had some type of, uh, gosh, I can't even think of the word now, but, but they've had three types of sicknesses. Uh, two of them have type 1 diabetes, autoimmune diseases. There we go. Two have, two have type 1 diabetes. And then our third daughter, our oldest, has Crohn's. And so she has to adjust her diet. You know, all that's happened to our family. And there are some days where they wish they didn't have diabetes or wish they didn't have Crohn's. They, Lindsay wishes she could eat whatever she wants, and she can't do it. Because this life, it's not always fair. And that's not a new thing. For thousands of years, we've wrestled with the unfairness of the world in which we live. And that's what was happening in Malachi's day. And Malachi had kind of heard this around town. And I think he'd finally gotten a little frustrated by it because we have him sharing this. You have wearied the Lord with your words. And the people ask, well, how have we wearied him? And they say, by saying, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord. He is pleased with them. Or you ask, where is this God of justice? The people of Israel in their day looked around. They saw that they were being oppressed by rulers that they weren't in charge of. 
They saw the strife and struggle around them, and they began to ask the question, listen, if God is a God of justice, why isn't he doing anything about our current situation? Or is he just the kind of God that says, well, yeah, they're evil, but I'm pleased with them anyway. And so they long for the God who rules the universe to show up in a way that might make an impact in our lives today, in the moment now. And so in that spirit, the prophet Malachi records that the Lord of all creation responds this way in the third chapter, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me, then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord of hosts. And what Malachi shares with us, this word from God, is that don't give up. The Lord is coming. Don't get discouraged. He is on his way. And he says that I'm going to send a messenger to prepare the way before him and to get everything ready. So he is coming. It's important that we get prepared. Now, this messenger, the Gospels record, they all agree that the one who prepared Jesus' way better than anybody else was John the Baptist. That John came, and in his desert ministry of calling people to repentance of sin and calling them to baptism, it was the path to help prepare the hearts of Israel to receive the one who would suddenly come and claim his temple as his own for God's glory. I don't know about you, I think I remember a story about that. The story when Jesus came to the temple that one time and he saw the ruckus, he saw the commerce, he saw the money-changing hands, he saw the animals, the sheep were bleeding and, and uh, making all sorts of noise. And this was in the temple courts where they were supposed to be having worship. And so what does he do? He flips over the tables. He clears them out and says, Listen, you have turned my father's house into a house of thieves. This is to be a place of worship for all the world. He came to his temple and shared that things were not going the way they were supposed to. And so for us... The good news of this Advent and Christmas season is we believe that in Jesus the Lord has come. That in these words spoken three or four hundred years before Jesus' arrival, Malachi already foresaw the one who would come and make things right, the one we long for, the one we desire for, the God who can bring about a greater justice in our universe. And this is the spirit of Advent, brothers and sisters. I, I think, uh, you know, whenever you watch a, a Christmas commercial or watch a Christmas show, whatever you're watching, there, there oftentimes is this sort of theme that comes forth. Of uh, I remember the commercial that the elder brother 
who's been in the military and the young brothers and sisters are eagerly awaiting his arrival on Christmas morning hoping he gets there and he sneaks in in the middle of the night to be just in time at his coming or I think of this story this Christmas story uh, you know our family like lots of younger families we like the superhero movies and the movie uh, well, now it's a TV show Hawkeye Hawkeye is one of the Avengers. And he can't get home for Christmas. He's stuck in New York City and the bad guys are swarming around and he's having to call his kids and say, Kids, I hear you're making the gingerbread house. Sorry, I'm not home yet. And the kids are like, Dad, you're missing our Christmas movie fest. When are you coming home? And he's saying, Well, I got a train i got to train my new understudy who wants to be Hawkeye number two coming up after I retire, and, and i got to deal with these bad guys first. But all Hawkeye's family wants, right, is to have their daddy home for Christmas. All the ancient Israelites wanted was to have their Savior come and put this broken world right and oftentimes when we want god to put the broken world right we know the ones who broke it right they broke it those that we don't like those that we say you know maybe the those who aren't in church or maybe those of a different political persuasion or i don't know we say they broke it god just come and fix them if you fix them then everything's going to be all right. But brothers and sisters, that's not the way God works. If that's what our hope is, is that God would come and fix them, it's not the way he works. Malachi foresaw that this is not the way God works. Instead, he responds to the coming of the Lord in this way. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. What Malachi does is when you and I try to place the blame of all the bad things going on in our nation or all the bad things going on in our world, you know, it's this religion's fault or it's that group's fault or it's whatever it is. Ultimately, God comes back to us and says, listen, if you want to change the world, I'll come. But it's got to start with you. And it's got to start with me. It's got to start here, right now. Because when he says, who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? He's talking about us. You so desperately want him to come and fix the broken world? Well, he'll come, but watch out. Because when he comes, he's going to be focusing on me and on you, and on us. And when he comes, I don't know about you, I don't know that I'll be 
able to stand. I may be getting down on my knees and saying, Lord, I need your mercy. I need your grace. I need you to refine this broken piece in me. Because, Lord, I see in my life that sometimes I get snippy and angry too quickly. I see in my life sometimes I don't have a heart to serve and to help like I could. I see myself getting selfish and greedy. I see myself doing things that I'm ashamed of. So, Lord, I need refining. And so here is the deal. Jesus comes, but are we ready for his coming? Because he comes to purify us like silver and like gold. The purification process, what does it take to purify silver and gold? A lot of heat, a lot of flames. We, we roasted marshmallows on Friday night, and those flames got a little hot. But to purify silver and gold, it's got to get really hot. And that's true in our lives, too. You see, some things Jesus will do for us miraculously, very quickly. You know, I hear the stories of those who maybe were angry and bitter and just not very good people. And how the Lord came in their heart and life and all of a sudden His love filled their life in a way that they just became a different person. I've heard of the folks who struggled with addiction year in and year out for a good long while. And then one day they trusted in Jesus and He set them free. And I give praise for God's immediate deliverances because some of you, some of us, even me, we need some things to be delivered from. We need to be purified. And uh, I would love it if it could just disappear easily. But brothers and sisters, there are some things in us that seem to take more of a lifetime of work to deal with. There are some things in us that in order to purify us, God has to raise the heat of our struggle, raise the heat of our suffering, raise the heat of our lives. And, and when the heat comes in, we don't like it. Nobody wants to go through it. But oftentimes it's the crucible moments of our lives that shape us the most, that help us get to the place we need to be the most. Because as, as silver is purified, as the heat melts it, that silver kind of slinks down to the bottom and, and you begin to know that it's, it's getting purified when you can begin to see your reflection in the molten metal. And in the same way, we will know Jesus is getting a hold of us when he begins to look at us and our lives and the things we've gone through in a way that we see how we reflect more and more of his face and his heart and his spirit. And so today, the writer of Malachi challenges us in this Christmas season. Yes, Jesus is coming. 
Are we ready? Are we prepared? Are we willing to humbly allow Him to raise the heat in our lives so that we may really be His true sons and daughters? He invites us, in fact, in verse 7, and invites us to do this. He says, Return to me, and I will return to you. Return to me, and I will return to you. This morning as we come to our time of communion, I hope as you come, you might come and draw near to the one who loves you, to the one who died for you, to the one who saves us. Because I don't know about you, I know in my own life, I have not done a very good job fixing myself. Can anybody relate to that? I don't have the strength to do it. I don't have the strength to make the kinds of changes to be that pure silver and gold. But that's why Jesus came. That's his part of the equation. That's why he gives us his Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who seeks to, throughout our lives, find ways to raise the heat in a way that will purify and make us more and more like who God calls us to be. And so this morning, I hope you'll draw near. I invite you to draw near. And as you take the bread and the wine, you'll also find the God who loves us and who died for us and rose for us and who will cleanse and purify us to get us ready. Because, brothers and sisters, though this world is not a fair place, we believe that when and as Jesus comes, he has an ability to make up for its unfairness down through the ages to eternity. So let it begin with us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.